the Holy Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. This week it's all about beginnings. Genesis starts with the words, in the beginning. In the beginning, God. It's the beginning of God's ordering of creation. It's the beginning where God takes chaos or something that's unproductive and desolate and orders it so that it becomes fruitful and good. It's compiled during the time of the Babylonian exile when the lives in the world of Israelites had descended into total chaos and nothing could be counted on or trusted anymore. It's a sermon written to strengthen the faith and restore the hope of God's people. It shows an interest in the origins of things, in the science of things, but it isn't a scientific review. It's a statement of faith. In the beginning, in the beginning, God brought order and goodness out of nothingness. That's faith talking. God did it then, the writer says, so God can do it again. God can once again restore the goodness. We could use a new beginning. I'm assuming you could. I know I can. This past week, I've wished that God could just sort of hit the reset button, as on the computer, or do one of those hard reboots where you just turn the power off and turn it back on and somehow everything is restored, that goodness is resumed, that it brings an end to chaos and devastation. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was a formless void and darkness, covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God, that's ruach, that's God's breath, God's spirit, the spirit of God swept over the face of the waters. 
The whole account is comforting in its repetition of words that come like the rhythm of waves on a seashore, bringing a sense of calm and peace restored. God said, let there be, and it was so. And God made, and God saw that it was good. And it was evening, and it was morning. On the first day, God said, let there be light. God separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day and the darkness night. On the second day, God created the dome that separates the waters above the earth from the waters beneath the earth. On the third day, God separated the waters of the earth so that dry land appeared and vegetation. On the fourth day, God created the luminaries in the sky, the sun and the moon and the stars to mark time. On the fifth day, God created the fish and all the creatures of the sea, birds and flying insects. And on the sixth day, God created cattle and every creeping thing and all the wild animals and every living creature of every kind. And God saw that it was good. And God created humankind in God's own image, according to God's likeness, male and female, and let them have dominion. That's authority to care for and protect. Dominion is authority to nurture. And let them have dominion over everything that God had made. And then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And then God designated that all the vegetation and all the fruit-bearing trees and every green plant would be food for the creatures that God had made, for everything that had the breath of life, because God's spirit was in all things. And God saw that it was good, and it was evening, and it was morning on the sixth day. The word we translate as good is tov. That's the Hebrew word, tov. Tov is so much more than just good. Tov is about being, it's about things that are joyous, gladness, being in good spirits. Tov means pleasing or desirable. Tov means things are in order and they're usable. Tov means things are suitable for their purpose and effective. Tov means lovely, like a newborn child. Friendly, kind, of value, like land or gold. Or maybe it's shrewdness, or it's the preciousness of wine. Tov good character, morally good, being valiant of spirit. God's own spirit, ruach, is good. It's what is right in someone's judgment. 
It's the right path, the path to success. It's everything possible. In Psalm 23, David declares to God, surely your goodness, oh, and unfailing love will pursue me, will chase after me all the days of my life. The actual phrase is vayar ohim kitov. Vayar. To see. God saw. Ohim is God, but it's like a plural. It's the God above all gods. Ki means very. Quite. Kito. It doesn't just say good, it says quite good. And God saw that it was quite good, very good, truly good. And the way God saw was God didn't just look, God perceived. God looked within, God became aware of, came to know deeply and considered and declared it good. Some things might have gotten messed up along the way. It kind of looks that way if you read the news. But at its core, creation and all of life is keto very good. Mark's gospel, well, it begins with the same elements that were in the very beginning with Genesis. God's got, Mark's gospel starts with water and spirit and word. In Genesis, we're told in the beginning, before the heavens and the earth existed, there was water and there was spirit, the stuff of baptism, and God spoke. In Mark's gospel, the beginning of the good news of salvation is Jesus appearing and being baptized by John in the River Jordan. He's 30 years old when he shows up in the story. According to Mark's gospel, he's been an adult in the Jewish community now for more than a decade, you know, at least since he was probably 14 years old. We don't know anything about his birth or childhood. Mark doesn't bother with any of that, or his family, or his work, up to this point. All we know is that at age 30, Jesus shows up at the Jordan River where John is baptizing people in a baptism of repentance. And Jesus submits himself to that baptism, he is baptized into something. He becomes a part of something. Perhaps he thinks he's becoming a part, maybe a disciple of John's. In the Acts passage, Paul once asked the people of Ephesus, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? And they said, no, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And he said, well, then into what were you baptized? They said into John's baptism. John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling people that they had to believe in the one who was to come after him in Jesus. And on hearing this, they were then baptized in the name of Jesus, we are told. But it's interesting. It's not something they did. It's something that happens to them. We are baptized by God into something and for something. We think repentance is something we should do, but it's actually a part of the gift of God's grace. 
It's something done to us or for us. Into what were you baptized? Into John's baptism. Into Jesus' name. It's not about guilt and remorse and apology. Repentance is metanoia. It's being turned around to face God. It's not us turning to face God. It's God turning us around. It is being transformed and being reoriented in the direction of God. Being reoriented to the holy so that we find ourselves face to face with the divine. So, Mark says, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, so we know about him, and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And God takes that moment, that very moment, to claim Jesus for something greater. Something greater than anyone could have imagined. Jesus enters the water, the River Jordan, with his old life, whatever it was, but he emerges with the Holy Spirit empowered for another. He comes up out of the water and he sees the heavens torn apart. We don't know that anybody else saw this. Jesus saw the heavens torn apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him as though like a dove. And then a voice from heaven speaks to him. You are my son, my beloved. With you I am well pleased. Water, spirit, word, baptism, that's the reset. That's the reboot. That's the start of something new. And that same spirit that hovered over the waters in the darkness before creation began, that same spirit is the one that comes to us in the waters of baptism, equipping and empowering Jesus for the mission that God is calling him to. And the first thing it does is not make him famous or rich or comfortable. No, the Spirit drives him into the wilderness where he is tested, where he struggles. And then he emerges with determination and with vision. No longer what he was, he is now the Messiah, the anointed, the healer, the teacher, the reconciler, the reformer, the son of God and son of man. We need a new beginning. This is where we find it. In baptism. Back in the beginning, with the water and the word and the spirit claimed as children, equipped and called to God's purposes. The past is gone. Sin and death have no power anymore. We are reborn Turn to God for a new day. And God calls us Tov. Well-suited, delightful, valuable, honorable, good. God said, let there be. And it was so. And God made. And God saw that it was quite good. And it was evening, and it was morning, and so it begins. Amen.